But uh, let's see, I just feel the presence of the Lord. And the same spirit that met with us here last night was so sweet, and it's here this morning, and I appreciate it. I really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, But I want just to, for, just for a minute, I want to read to you here uh, the song we sang a while ago, Father Along, um, over in Ecclesiastes, uh, in the eighth chapter, um, Solomon, I believe it is here. I, my uh, Cox and Jane Bible says um, possibly Solomon wrote this. Then below it it says, but doubtful. Uh, but I'm going to, uh, I, I just believe that Solomon uh, pinned this down. But anyway, uh, in the uh, eighth chapter and the 11th verse, it says, but sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. He said, therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Said, though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. And um, a lot of times I know that it goes through each and every one of our minds at some time or another why it looks like some people prosper that live so wickedly in this world uh, today. And um, uh, we, we ask that question, I know we do, uh, but uh, justice is coming. My daddy used to say that the wheels of justice turn very, very slow. But he said, son, always remember that they do turn. They do turn. They don't stop. They turn. And, and uh, I want to encourage you today that, uh, uh, that living for God, uh, and, and I don't have to tell you, those of you that's been saved for a while, you know that living for the Lord, there's no greater reward uh, that we can have in living for Him. And don't get discouraged when you look around and you see, um, sometimes I get so aggravated at certain politicians for things that they do, and the old Adam man comes out in me and I get so aggravated, but God lets me know. He says, I know exactly what they're doing. I know the thoughts of their mind and their heart. And uh, 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 sin today uh, is not overlooked, but God knows all about it. I appreciate the verse in that song uh, where it said, Then do we wonder why others prosper, living so wicked year after year. One of the scriptures says, Be sure your sin will find you out. The writer here in Ecclesiastes says, I know that it shall be well with them that fear God. And uh, I just want to encourage you today to, to uh, not be discouraged when you see, uh, when it looks like wickedness in this world and uh, principalities and all these things are, are prospering today. Justice will come. And we shouldn't, and I try to ask the Lord, don't let me rejoice when, when the wicked... Uh, come to their doom. I don't want to rejoice about that, but I want to rejoice in them finding the Lord and the free part of sin and trying to reach them. And, uh, and let me read this and I'll be quiet. He said, let us hear the conclusion 
of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's very familiar scripture. But after all these things that Solomon pondered, all the riches, worldly riches that he had, all the wisdom that he had, he came to one final conclusion, to fear God and to keep his commandments. And this is the whole duty. This is why we were created today, to worship him. A lot of folks don't understand that, but I was created in his likeness to honor and to worship him. Amen. Does anybody have anything before we turn Brother Dustin loose? Man. You pray for Brother Dustin. You will open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. preach a simple message this morning on a, a, one of the better known parables. And let me make a few comments about a parable before we get started. So a parable is a physical illustration of something that's spiritual. It's a, a physical story with a spiritual meaning. Y'all know that. It is impossible in almost every case to be dogmatic about a parable. You can't build a doctrine on parables because they're subject to interpretation. Amen is what y'all should be saying. If you take the parable too literally, you can find anything and make any form of doctrine work based on a parable. It's not work that way. But they are teaching a spiritual truth, sometimes two spiritual truths in them. And in this parable about the sower, you can see several different great truths in this. But what I'm interested in this morning is looking at the good ground, the good ground. Now, occasionally in a parable, the Lord will give you an interpretation of what some of the parts mean. So I'm going to read the first verses here in the 13th chapter where the Lord gives the parable, but then he interprets it separate for the disciples. So the 13th uh, chapter of the book of Matthew, verse number one. The same day when went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seed, when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They were withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath the ear let him hear? Now look down at the 18th verse. The Lord has taken the disciples away uh, from the crowd and he begins to interpret the parable for them. Hear ye the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. He that, but he that received the seed into the stony places is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the world, and by and by he is offended. 
He also that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that receiveth the word, and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he become unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bear fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now we see a couple of things that we need to lay out first in the in the uh, interpretation of the Lord Jesus there. The ground represents the hearts of men. All right, I guess we caught that. And the seed represents the Word of God. So the good ground is the condition of a heart that can accept the Word of God and make it profitable. I, I, and for years, I'll just be honest, I probably preached this parable wrong and looked at it wrong. Sometimes you read this parable and you say, well, he's stony, she's thorny, he's the wayside, and that's just how it is. But that's not necessarily that kind of a case. I think the better interpretation of this parable is that as we go through life, there are times when my heart becomes the wayside, when my heart becomes thorny, when my heart becomes stony, that my heart can be any one of these four things written in this parable. And I sure do want it to be the good ground. I want a heart that can receive and take the Word of God and use it and become profitable in my life. So as we see this, let's, <clears throat> let's contrast the good ground and the not-so-good ground. So we begin, the Scripture says, that there's some heart, some ground, that's like the wayside. But the good ground is not that way. The good ground is soft, not hard. The wayside was the path between the fields. And they would walk through them. And the feet would trot it. And that ground would be just as hard as concrete. So when the Word of God and the seed hit it, it sat right on the surface. It never took root. It never made any fruit. It never germinated. And it would just lay out there to be snatched away. It didn't set up residence in the heart. It didn't affect the heart at all. It just stayed right on the surface. The good ground, though, was soft. Now, in the better interpretation, I guess you could say that the wayside represents the lost man, and it does. But I'll tell you what it also represents. And I've been in this way long enough to see a whole bunch of hard-hearted Christians. Amen. I've seen Christians with as hard a heart as any lost man ever thought about me. The good ground is soft. The bad ground is hard. And there are so many times as we go through our Christian lives, we let our hearts get hardened by the things of this world. And our hearts are so hard, the Word of God doesn't mean anything to us. Y'all know these people. Y'all been there. I've been there. We come to the church house and they're worshiping the Lord and it doesn't touch me at all. When the preaching goes out and it just bounces off and I leave the same way or worse than I came in. My heart's got hard. And if we're not careful, we'll let the pride of life and the sins of this world and the things that we desire out there. And I tell you what, we'll let our feelings toward fellow man, we'll let what's going on in the world, like you mentioned, Brother Steve, cause our hearts to be hard and we look down on people. We despise people if you just get right down to it. Amen. Yes. That was the sin Jesus hated as much in the Pharisees as anything else was the hardness of their heart and their attitude toward other men. Amen. Amen. And if we're not careful, our hearts, our ground can get so hardened that the Lord can't use us. The Lord can't work with us with His Word. The Spirit can't draw us. You know, disobedience hardens the heart, don't you? That when the Spirit says do this and you don't, it becomes a whole lot easier to say no the next time. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hard ground. But the good ground is soft. And you think about it, and, I, and I, we, we run a tiller 
to our, our gardens at home. And it turns that soil up and grinds it up and makes it just fine like powder. And that's the kind of soil you plant seed in. You don't plant the seed in the hard ground on top of the surface. You soften it up, put it in there where it can find root and germinate. Amen. There's hard ground. But there's a way and there's a cure to break up the hard ground. Scripture tells us, I believe it's the book of Jeremiah, he told the people, the hard-hearted Jews who at that point were just as hard as we are today. He tells them to rend your hearts and not your gardens. That repentance will break up the hard ground in your heart. That if you let the world and sin and problems of life and attitudes and pride build up this hardness and disobedience, cause your heart to be so hard you can't do anything right. for the Lord. Amen. Repentance will break that up. Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Cry out to Him saying, Lord, soften my life up. Lord, I'm hard. Lord, I'm not as obedient, as humble, and as useful as I used to be. Oh, Lord, would you soften my heart and make it, make it where I can be receptive to your will and your word. Amen. Good ground, soft. Bad ground's hard. We go on down and we see some of the seed that falls upon the stony places where they had not much earth. Now, that's not talking about having a bunch of rocks laid on the surface. What's implied here is you've got rock beneath a layer of soil is what's implied there. There's enough dirt to germinate the seed. That's what it says, right? But it springs up fast. Because the rock is so shallow when the sun hits it, it heats up. So in fact, it'll germinate first. And it'll come right up. But it's not deep enough to last through the storms and to last through the heat of summer. I got a place at the house that the rock is right there on the surface. And we laid the sod over it. And I bet you can guess what color that sod is right there this time of year. It's brown. Everything else is green. But where the soil is shallow, it's not deep enough to hold the moisture. The good ground is deep. Good ground is deep. Bad ground is shallow. Amen. Amen. Shallow. We are saved by grace through faith, but we grow by works. We deepen ourselves through works. Mm -hmm. Amen. Anybody that tells you otherwise hasn't done a whole lot of digs. Right. The Scripture tells us that we need to dig and to deepen our hearts and to deepen our lives in the Word of God. Say, so, hey, I've seen it. You've seen it. So many Christians never get any deeper than right on the surface. They never dig and apply their life. Y'all know these folks. Sure. And they're probably not here this morning. They're the folks that come about half the time. Amen. You never see them in Sunday school. They sure not going to make it to a night service. They'll come into a Sunday morning about when it's convenient, and they'll leave. They never read their Bibles. They never seek the Lord in their daily life. Their mind is out here in the world seeking the things of the world, and they're probably just as saved as me and you are. But they never deepen their lives in the things of God. They're shallow. And guess what's going to happen? Like we preached last night, like Brother Wayne mentioned, there's a storm coming for them somewhere down the road. Right. The sun's going to come out and shine on them. It's going to get deep and hot and dry in their life at some point. What's the Scripture say? They withered away. There's a fall. There's destruction coming for the heart like that. But the heart that's deepened in the Word of God, I think about the parable about the man built on the sand. That's exactly what I'm trying to talk about here. So one man went out there and built right on top of the sand. But the other fellow dig deep, got the sand out of the way, put the labor in and got down to the rock. And he built on that. 
The flood came for both of them. The winds blew on both of them. The rain beat on both their houses. But the one founded on the sand was washed away. But the one that was deep on the rock, it stood the test of time. Amen. I want to deepen my heart in the Word of God to prepare for the coming storms of life. To prepare for the problems of life that are coming. I want my ground to be deep. Amen. If you put in the effort to deepen your heart in the things of God, are you just living right on the shallows and right on the surface? He goes on and tells us about a third kind of ground. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. This is the weeds of life. This he goes on and tells us when he interprets the parable. Look at what he says. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, yeah. choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. These are life's little pleasures life's things that we put ahead of the Word of God and ahead of our Christian sure. Good ground is weeded, not weeded. I've got a garden at home, and I walked out there last night with a flashlight. Hadn't been home in two or three days. Weeds are everywhere. It never ceases to amaze me how fast weeds take over your garden. They'll, be, they'll get in a hurry. You reckon the Lord Jesus knew what He was talking about when He gave the parable about the weeds? The weeds of this world will take over your Christian life sure. real fast and in a hurry. Yeah. I, I bet Brother Gene's got a fine garden up there, but I bet if we looked, there's a weed in it. There's no such thing as a weedless Christian. I'm not preaching sinless perfection. You can't do it. But what I'm preaching to you is every now and then I need to go to my heart. I need to pull up the weeds. I need to weed it pretty regularly to keep it from getting out of control and to choke it out what's really important. Amen. I'm talking about weeded ground, yeah. not spotless, weedless ground. If you get there, you let me know. But what I need to do and what you need to do is every now and then look at the ground of your heart and see if there's any weeds taking root that might grow and might become a problem. The good ground, you pull them up pretty regular. The bad ground, you just let it go. And you know what happens? Takes it takes over. Amen. It takes over. And you get sentenced. You ever tried to hoe out corn that's got grass in it knee high? It ain't easy to do. It's a whole lot easier to pull that stuff up before it takes over. Man, that's the way sin is. It's a whole lot easier to pull my sin out of my heart before it gets too far and randomly takes over. And the last thing about the good ground, you noticed it was fruitful, didn't you? Mm -hmm. The bad ground did not bring forth fruit. Now, some of it brought forth a plant. Some of it looked okay, right? It brought forth a leaf or a stem. It had a form of godliness. But it didn't bring forth any fruit. But the good ground, it brought forth fruit, good stuff for the kingdom of God. And that might be the biggest test of the good ground. Are you bringing forth fruit? Oh, I want a heart that's deep. I want a heart that's soft to the Word of God. I want a heart that's obedient. But I want a heart that brings forth fruit. Amen. And a fruit, and I don't have time to go, a fruit helps somebody else. Sure. A fruit is what you do for the cause of Christ. It ain't just living right. That's your duty. That's your reasonable service. But a fruit is what you're doing to further the kingdom. Amen. Amen. The good ground's fruitful. Amen. What's your heart this morning? Hey, there's been times... I've been every one of them. What about you? Sure. There have been times I've been shallow and weedy and, and hard. There's been a few times that I've been the good ground and I've been fruitful and useful. What's your heart this morning? What's your ground? Take a survey. Go out there to your heart, your garden of your heart, and look around and see what's growing there. Stand together, get a verse of song. God bless you, preacher.
Everybody knows this song just as I am. 